sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, spooksters, parastalkers, grand poobars, darksiders, and the paralurkers. It is Spooky Sunday time, and you are here with your hosts, myself, Anne Rekovich, and... Renata Daniel. But not only Anne and Renata tonight, we have some special guests in the studio. Sitting directly opposite me is the gorgeous little Dixon. Not to be Dixon for much longer. Oh, no. Welcome to the show, Claire. How are you? And we've got a lurker in the background. He's very handsome. Oh, is he? I don't know about (laughs) that. (laughs) Uh, And we'll introduce... The it's Bootsman. a surprise. Oh, no, it's not. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> G'day. He, How norm- you doing? He normally lurks in the, cor- the corner quietly, but I thought we'd introduce him tonight. Oh, yes. Thanks. So, it's not long now, and no. I know you guys are sick to death of people saying, are you all ready for the wedding? <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to ask you. We're just no. going to get on with it. Yes. <laughs> and for the record, no, there is not a bun in the oven yet, even though they're no. receiving baby clothes. Yes. Keep sending them, though. <laughs> She's enjoying it. All right, what have we got in store tonight, Renata? Okay, so we're starting off the evening as we normally do with our news of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Mm -hmm. Claire is going to review a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's it called? Hush? Hush. Whoa. Shh. I, sh- I don't know anything about that, so I'll be very, very interested to hear about that. Ooh, yes. Then we have the Ghost Rider that's coming on. Yes, Ghost Rider has <gasps> concocted a marvellous story tonight yes. about Claire's yes. Hens Night. Yeah. And, you know, because we're kind of on that wedding theme, one of my stories later on mm. is going to be about a ghost bride. Oh. <gasps> Very nice. nice. Oh, I, like it. I like it a lot. And, of course, we're having Q&A as usual. So if you have a question that you would like to ask us, just message 0490 Leave a message with your question and we will try and get through as many as we can during our Q&A. And we've got a message here from Hayden already saying, Hi, my name is Hayden. I absolutely love you guys and can't wait to the brilliant... Brilliant content coming out. Also, keep scaring Isaac. It's and not, not hard or, to do. Yeah, and also we have the delightful Christy later on with Christy's magical G spot. Oh, what? <laughs> when Christy. was that a part of the show? <laughs> My God! <laughs> we changed her. We changed the name of her. her. It was magical moments, but yeah. somebody oh. decided G Spot would be better. Yeah, I yeah. Love it. So. I is that after? It. That's after nine o'clock, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Yes, it, it is yeah. after nine o'clock. Yes. Bottom, bloody Absolutely. Bloody Jesus, goodness. And we have another message here. Tell Buttsman I lost my job after the Launceston show video, but was so worth it. I don't know what that's about. Oh, did you? Yeah, there you go. Sorry, mate. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, was he supposed to be at work or something? Was he? And he no, he. I think he was a real estate agent, and he might have got a bit of uh, a lot of bad feedback about that. So I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, but he said it's worth it. I'm sorry you didn't make much money. Haven't made much money since then. I've made heaps. So. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Good up. All right. right, So let's get on with your story, Renata. Okay. So I have a story that concerns Most Haunted. You know, Most Haunted has been on like forever. Yes. I think they're they're celebrating like 20 years or something this year. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Have they seen a ghost yet? 
<laughs> Supposedly. I'm sure they have. But uh, we're pretty sure it was someone called Stuart and it was their head. But you know. That's right, yeah. I remember that. But this is a story uh, about uh, Kieran O'Keefe. And Kieran O'Keefe is the parapsychologist that comes on and uh, talks to them about ghostly activity when he is called. He, so he's the professional on the show. Yeah. And we have done uh, several courses with him. Several courses with yeah. Kieran. And he's a, a really lovely guy. So he's talking about his uh, memories. And he was recently on Australian TV talking about this. So oh. um, you might be able to catch that replay. We might put it on um or one of our pages, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good, or somewhere. 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 We'll put it somewhere so somewhere. you can see. Uh, <laughs> but let, let me get into it. So, yeah, please so, do. Appearing on an Australian news program, Kieran O'Keefe spoke about his most haunted memories and that infamous moment with medium Derek Akora. Oh. I wonder which infamous moment he's talking Mary about. Loves there were Dick. so many. It was Mary Loves Dick. Oh, it had right. to be. Okay. Kieran is described as one of the world's leading scientific ghost hunters by the Seven News host of the segment called My Big Story. During the 15-minute feature, he talked about his time working on the iconic British paranormal show, which turned 20 this week. Hosted by Yvette Fielding and filmed across the world in locations where ghosts were reported, can we just do that, Anne? Can we can we do that? Can we step into the most haunted shoes? We are ready and open to all contracts to sign Renata and I to film something like that. Yes, please send it straight away. Yes, thank you. Kieran appeared as regular on the show between 2004 and 2010. His role was to determine whether the activity encountered was paranormal or something more easily explained. In 2005, Kieran became involved in what the Aussie host called one of the biggest controversies on British TV history. It came about when Kieran set up a sting to expose the show's medium Derek as a fraud. <gasps> for more uh, for more from oh hold on. Sorry. Kieran told my big story about one of his most memorable moments on the show. It occurred when he joined the team on an investigation in Tynadale Farm near Pendle Hill in Lancashire. We've been to Pendle Hill. Yes. It's awesome. I remember oh. that everyone in that episode kept getting possessed and they had to oh, drag them out. Yes, yes. They were doing um, Ouija boards. They were. Yes. Oh, and they were falling over left, right and yep. centre. Yes. The farmhouse was said to have connections to the area's infamous which trolls? No, it didn't. During the live investigation of the house, several team members said they felt like they were being choked. Kieran described how 10 members became just three as they left the location one by one after developing problems breathing. They're probably uh, choking them because they were spinning such bull dust. Yeah. <laughs> So Kieran said that from a, uh, a psychological perspective, it could have been an example of hysteria and contagion. He explained people run away with the whole idea of the witches, hysteria kicks in, and everyone starts to get similar experiences. Of course, this is just Kieran speculating, and it's hard to know what happened that night for sure, but it was his role to try and debunk paranormal claims on the show, which is why in 2004 he exposed Derek as a fraud. 
Oh dear, poor Derek. I know. Look, it becomes harder and harder to be a TV psychic when you've got to come up with the goods every week. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that he wasn't actually a very good psychic. It just means that he started to uh, help himself and and get information to to get going. And I mean, once you've done that and you're exposed, you're done. You're done. It's the stress also of uh, appearing on a show and having to deliver the goods every single time. You're even like that on the tarot shows that we do. And we go to the Wyong Milk Factory. (laughs) And to Gloucester. We're going to the Gloucester Bowling Club now All the big cities. We are hitting the big spots. My God, what's next? Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Thought she was going to say Foster, but never mind. (laughs) Oh, that's an idea, Foster. Foster. When I started the show, I was aware of Derek from previous shows prior to Most Haunted, Kieran said. I was sceptical of the claim that Derek had no prior knowledge of where we were going to, and it was always claimed that they... They were talking to the dead. To test this claim, Kieran arranged for a particular name to be fed to Derek. The claim being, of course, that if they were a genuine medium, they would just communicate with spirit. They wouldn't take any of that information. The name Kieran used was Creed Kafer, who had a fabricated backstory as a South African jailer. Kieran said, I thought it would come out in passing or in a seance, for example, but in fact, the medium got possessed by Creed Kafer. I remember that. Oops. (laughs) Derek was unaware that the South African jailer was fictional and also had no idea that the name Creed Kafer is an anagram of Derek Faker. (gasps) Oh, that's a bit rough. Kieran, that is awful. (laughs) Now, this is where it becomes interesting uh, because in parapsychology, if Kieran was holding that idea of his head of the name of that fake ghost, then Derek could have psychically picked up on that name. That's true. Not knowing that it was a a plant. That's right. They would have had to do a double blind. Yes. Mm. Which means that Kieran could not know the name. That's right. How do you do a double blind placebo test on pretending to know a fake person's name but not actually knowing it but trying to communicate with other people that you know it but you don't know it we'll talk about that later <laughs> in the we'll break that over a soon. coffee we've got to do hotel california so, first <laughs> okay sorry, sorry, sorry so kieran admitted it was a cruel evil scientist in me coming out but talked about how people have spoken to him since saying that the <clears throat> the amazing readings they had had from derek and i believe that derek was quite Good and people did like him, um, and this has sort of come out ever since he's passed. Um, but on oh. that show, it was very, very difficult. He to died. I didn't know he died. Yeah, he, he died. Did, yeah. So they felt he communicated with a departed relative, and there's nothing that I can do that takes away from that. Kieran explained, if anything, all I was trying to achieve was for people to question what they were seeing in terms of mediumship evidence. Well, there you go. I feel sorry for those guys because they've got to try and get like a half an hour episode every week. Yes. And you know how many things we have to fake to get our videos. Absolutely. Apparently we're putting wires and mechanisms behind things. So, you know. What do you think the budget is for these things? I'm the biggest tight ass in the world. Yeah. Spooky Sundays with DJ Blake here and (laughs) Anne Renata here as well. As always here on Newcastle Live Radio. I tell you what, what an interesting evening we have ahead of you. We've got a marvellous array of beautiful pieces of commentary and Content coming up. We've got uh, young Claire Dixon coming in with some a movie review. Renata's uh, got a few scary stories to share, and Anne, of course, recounting some Tinder stories. <laughs> I'll hand it over That's to the ladies right. now. Thanks, Blake. Anne, back to you, DJ Blake. See you next Sunday. <laughs> DJ Blake. <laughs>
Oh, do you oh. recognise that voice, anyone? Oh, no, Send us a message, 0490 <laughs> Does he get the job or not? Only <laughs> recognise who that is. <laughs> All right. Now, everyone, we are going to hand over now to the gorgeous Claire, who's sitting opposite me in her pink pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, tell us all about what you're reviewing. Hello, ladies. <laughs> so today's movie I thought we could discuss is called Hush, Ooh. and it's bloody good. It's on that's, Netflix. That's it? That's, how many little Dixons is it getting? It is getting... Don't you have to wait to the end? Down. Oh, no, I'm excited to no, know now. Eight and a half out of ten for spookiness. Oh. oh she's even rated it. Oh. Wow. I did the rating I thought you'd like. Yes. Now, if we could all be quiet for me to get this out. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> Sorry, Shola. I knew you'd heckle me. The gist of the movie is as follows. The gist. <gasps> oh, we don't use big, big words. We don't use big words no, here. We don't. Gist isn't a big word. Gist is four letters. Oh, my <laughs> God. We do four-letter words normally uh, quite well. Oh, yeah, go on. A blind lady who is also deaf just wants life, peace and quiet, and she lives in the woods. She's also a rider. I'd be quiet, all right. She's deaf. Isn't she a mute as well? (laughs) (laughs) She's deaf, dumb and stupid. Oh, Oh, no. no. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Buttsman's here. Oh, God. (laughs) She has a close girlfriend who comes to visit her sometimes. Very lucky and fortunate. Then a masked intruder interrupts this safe haven and even though a lot of unsettling terms of events happen, a murder then takes place too close to home. The movie is pretty gripping from the start, even though there is a little dialogue that uh, is missing. Most of the movie, actually, there's like no talking. Oh, and it takes half an script. hour. But she's yes. not. She's not. She's not blind. Yes, she is. I don't think she is. Oh, is she? No, she's a writer. She doesn't write in braille. We spoke about this on the treadmill this afternoon, please. I thought she was blind. No, she's mute. No, she's deaf. She's something. Oh, God. What? You'll it's have to not watch important it. To the She's point. got a leg off. You'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch it. Is she blind? Yeah, Deaf? What? Find out. Watch it yourself. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Isaac. The movie is pretty gripping from the start, even though there is little to no dialogue. The main character's badass attitude throughout is truly inspiring. There are a few jaw-clenching moments and tension during certain scenes where, in classic horror movie fashion, you find yourself screaming at the TV for what an idiot the person is. All in all, I rate this movie 8.5 out of 10 for spookiness. I've seen it three times, even though I forgot she isn't blind. <laughs> it is a great movie. Uh-huh. And oh, it I, left, I, a, left an imprint on you. <laughs> oh, my God. But what's creepy, it's sort of like a pantomime. Like, she can't hear the dude trying to get into a house, even it's though really the shot is at her in front yeah. of the front of her, and you can see him trying to get in behind. What's your favourite oh. part? The... Um, the uh, I was going to say the sex scene, but there's no sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I really, because it's very, very creepy because this dude's like a, a really full-on killer. He's really trying to get in there and take her out and all that type of stuff, and she can't hear a thing, and apparently she's mute as well. I'm not sure. I need so to... So she can't yell either? No, no, she can't <laughs> yell. Either she she's a mute yell. or she's got a really bad flu and she a sore throat. Yell. She's got strep throat. Yeah, she got strep throat. She had the roan. A really, the roan. she had monkey pox. Couldn't yell out. <laughs> oh, um, She's been eating dead bats. <laughs> oh. 
all been there. Anyway, uh, it's a great movie, Claire, and we've watched it like three or four times. Oh yeah, I just can't remember the plot now. Apparently, <laughs> well, I feel like reviews. You don't want to give too much you away. Know, you I can't. certainly didn't. No, I, I like. You know what I do like though with reviews, yeah. where they explain the the ending explainers. Have you watched many of those? No. Okay, on they, YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. Like, we'll no. go and see, like, I think, what was that movie with uh, uh, Colette, uh, Tony Collette in it? Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 There are so many. No, <laughs> the, the horror movie. It was a horrible one. It was. Just oh, recently? Awful. It was awful. Just oh, recently? Okay. Is that yeah, the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So that was, I was really confused by the ending of that, and we watched, like, an ending explainer, and mm. I was like, oh, okay. So it sort of just brings the dots in. For those of you who can't pay attention, like myself. And me. <laughs> and little Dicky. But your review is yes. perfect for our style because we just can't get through anything without breaking into hysterics oh, and losing the plot and saying, so um, absolutely perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. I tried. Anyone else seen that movie? Let us know what you think on Hush. 0490848886. Now, we are going oh, to be... <laughs> she is just deaf. <laughs> she is just deaf. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. We are going to head off to a song now. I know this is a little early, but we want to get ready for uh, the uh, Ghostwriter audio play, radio play. What do we call it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever it's called. Um, So we're going to head to a song now, and uh, this is one of our favourites. Yes. We can all sing along to this one too. Barry White. They (laughs) probably. Must put him on one night. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to uh, listen to Spirit in the Sky. Slippery Sundays. (laughs) Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Only on Newcastle Live Radio. And we're back with Spooky Sundays with our special guests in studio this evening, Little Dixon, Claire. Hello. And the Buttsman. All right. (laughs) And, and of course, Renata's sitting there as well. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about me. Yeah. What's the name over there? Mm. Now, Claire, you had something you want to add to your review. Yes. Yes. What was it? Guys, look, she she wasn't blind. I'm very sorry. (laughs) I got nervous. (laughs) (laughs) It was pressure. A lot of pressure. It was pressure. But what I wanted to make a note was that she's very good looking, so you should watch her in the movie anyway, and she has the best eyebrows I've ever seen. And eyebrows that good for a lady who can't see them. I'll kill you. I bet she plucked them herself. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, now we're going yes. to get on to our radio show. Right. So nervous. now this is what I have entered into our ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Dazza fell in love with Claire when she was 12 years old. He was only 10 at the time, but he liked older ladies. <laughs> he used to follow her home just to make sure she got there safely. Creepy stalker. Mm-hmm, but never had the courage to actually say, Hello. <laughs> That it was before his voice dropped. Yes, that's right. He was only 10, remember? Uh, yeah. It was 2014 when Dazza finally got the courage to ask Claire if she would like him to be her date for her Year 12 formal. Claire was shocked as she had never even noticed him before. She smiled sweetly and said, I'm sorry, what's your name? Oh, Dazza. But Isaac Butzman has already asked me. <laughs> So that's what I put into the ghostwriter, mm-hmm. and then I've hit enter, mm-hmm. and it has spat out this story. Okay. Hang on to your knickers, everyone. This oh. is this is a doozy. Right, they've all got lines to say, so I've got to point to them at the appropriate time so they say their line. They don't know what this story is. They've only just been handed their script, so they have to just roll with whatever happens. Here we go. Question. Is yes. Dazza still a child? 
No, Daz is an adult now, but Thank this you. will be quite obvious. Um, <laughs> Shut up, well, I thought we were going straight into it. <laughs> now, uh, I did ask you what your uh, – you, you've had a yes. head drop bridesmaid. What's her first name? Sheena. Sheena. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Sheena. Sheena. Yeah. Oh. Sheena. Right. Claire was getting married to the love of her life, Isaac Butzman. It was time for her hen's night at Fanny's nightclub in Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> You can't say that. <laughs> it's all right. It's up with late there. The maid of honour, um, Sheena, had done a fabulous job hiring a stripper in the party pies and sausage rolls were in the warmer ready to snack on. Oh. Claire had donned her Sexy best... Sunday. <laughs> Claire had donned her best taffeta frock, electric blue, and had her Diamante tiara on, looking as hot as her greyhound Rosie. Oh. <laughs> yes. Now, we may have helped out with some of the story here. Um, all the girls arrived giggling and laughing and ready to party. The first few hours were great. They drank, they danced and laughed until their stomachs hurt. But then things took a turn for the worse. Claire went to the ladies' room and as she was washing oh. her hands... <laughs> that sounds dangerous. As she was washing her hands, she heard a, a knock at the door. Thank you. She opened it to see Dazza standing there looking as handsome as ever. Dazza, what are you doing here? Claire said, shocked to see him. I came to warn you, Dazza said with a serious look on his face. Warn me about what? Claire asked now, starting to feel a bit uneasy. Isaac is cheating on you. Dazza said with a sad look in his eyes. No, he's not, Claire said, but she could feel her stomach tie itself in knots. Could it be true? I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but I thought you should know. Dazza said before turning and walking away. Claire stood there a few moments, trying to process what had just happened. Could Isaac really be cheating on her? She couldn't believe it. She decided that she needed some fresh air, so she walked out of the club and into the alleyway next to it. That's when she saw him. Isaac with his arms around another woman. <gasps> Little did she know that this was actually Vanessa the undresser. Oh. <laughs> She's back! Oh my god! My first love! <laughs> A Newcastle vampire oh. that hangs around nightclubs to prey on hapless victims. That's me. <laughs> Claire was heartbroken. She <laughs> couldn't believe that Isaac could do this to her just days before their wedding. Typical. She turned to walk away but felt a sharp pain in her back. Oh. There was a lactose intolerance playing up. <laughs> Jazza had followed her and stabbed her with a kitchen knife. Oh, oh, Jesus. Bloody hell. Jazza watched as Claire crumbled to the ground. He laughed maniacally saying, You should have chosen me. Oh, I, I don't know what happened to one of those lines there, but it was meant to be ha 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 ha. We haven't said you shouldn't have chosen me. You should have chosen me. Oh, I don't know where that, oh, I don't know where that ha, is. Ha ha ha. No, that, there's something missing there. You fell for your devious plan. Yeah, I'll say that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> you fell for my devious plan. Vanessa the Andressa helped me the know Scotsman's it. Scotsman's back. Because yeah. <laughs> everything turns to Scottish. Oh, my God. Vanessa the Andressa helped me, helped me knowing how to treat me Claire. Oh. Now you're the main... <laughs> 
Once Vanessa the Undresser bites into Isaac's... Oh, this is still supposed to be you. I don't think I gave you this line. Once Vanessa the Undresser bites into Isaac's neck, he will be a vampire forever, and you can't do a thing about it. Was that close enough? That's terrible. (laughs) Thank you. Once Vanessa the Undresser bites into Isaac's neck, you will become a vampire forever, and there is nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Claire was shocked. All she could think to do was to call out loud as she could. Anna Renata, I need your help. And then her two best friends who had been hiding nearby jumped out and tackled Dazzard to the ground. Oh, no. What the hell is wrong with you? Anne said as she punched him repeatedly. Oh, yes. I enjoyed that. Oh, yes. Um, yep. You bitch. Oh. You are far too old to be doing this. My God, most people your age are retired or at least, at the very least, <laughs> on the pension. It's not in the script. It's <laughs> on my script. <laughs> you bitch, you were supposed to be mine. Dazza shouted back, tears streaming down his face. Then to Claire, Renata and Anne's astonishment, Dazza's eyes clouded over and became completely black. A horrifying voice that was not Dazza's began to speak. Dazza had become possessed by Craig the Vague, the notorious demon of brain fog. Oh, cheer, bro. I'm Craig the Vague. (laughs) And I've come to make you forget about Isaac. I do like a kiwi. Thank you. The trio backed away, knowing that any second Craig could make them forget what it was they were doing. I bet. Renata reached into her pocket and pulled out a crucifix. In the name of the Lord, I command you to leave this man's body, she yelled. Never mind, that will do. Craig the Vague only laughed and spoke through Dazza once more. Oh, you think your little crucifix is going to stop me? Oh, I'm far too powerful for that. He then lunged at Claire, determined to ruin her happy day. But before he could reach her, Anne grabbed a fire poker and swung it at his head. Where the hell did I have a fire poker? Good on you. I'm already hiding in the bushes out the front of Fanny's, and now I've got a fire poker. All right. <laughs> Craig was momentarily stunned, and Renata took the opportunity to grab Claire and pull her away. We have to get out of here. He's going to kill us all if we don't. The three women ran from Fanny's. Now, this is how we know this is a made-up story, because we don't run. No. Um, and Ooh. didn't stop until they reached the safety of the police station. It was only then that they remembered poor old Dazza. And it wasn't even Isaac that they remembered, it was Dazza. They had left him behind with the demon, but there was nothing they could do. The damage was done and poor Dazza would never be the same again. Claire went on to marry Isaac Butzman. Yeah. Who had repelled the vampire with his garlic breath. (laughs) (laughs) And garlic bread. (laughs) But she always wondered what could have happened if she had said yes to Dazza all those years ago. The one that got away. Mm, Katy Perry wrote a song about that. That was was so romantic. That was bloody beautiful. That was gorgeous. You you did miss out a few lines, but well done. I know. Leave her, It was a bit rushed. We we, we had to throw that together at the last minute. A bit disappointed myself. I've left out a line. Everyone, did you enjoy our radio play today? Let us know on 0490 84886. But... 
you know what we've got to do now. Oh, we've got to say goodbye to these two. Yeah, they've got to get home before the the storm. The superstorm. The superstorm hits Newcastle and upsets their greyhounds. Yes, yes, I understand that. Yeah, it's I not the greyhounds they're worried about. Isaac's just frightened. Mm. But that's okay. Yeah. True. That's okay. At least we're owning our fears and yes. then you can work on them. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Look, we'd like to thank you both for coming into the studio this thank evening. Thank you for having us. I hope you've had fun. Always. Hope you'll come back again yes, after please. the wedding. Yes. Oh, we'll be back we'll for sure. We'll see you at the wedding. <laughs> you'll be we at will. the wedding. We've been practicing wearing our best <gasps> clothes for you. Uh-huh. Oh. I've actually booked to get my makeup done. Oh my god. She Good wouldn't. <laughs> Why not? Uh, why bother? She did why? she didn't want people to touch her, she said. They're not um, touch oh to do the makeup. To do the makeup. Oh. oh, I thought you had a few too many blokes at the wedding coming after you. <laughs> no. I don't want to take it. <laughs> It'll be right. It'll be right. You'll still look I'll do your makeup. There you go. Bit of blue blue eyeshadow. (laughs) And after after, uh, Hannah's done your hair, she's coming over to do our hair. She's going to have the busiest day, your I daughter, know. doing hair. You guys are welcome to come to my mum's house. Or oh, God, you guys are gorgeous. Do you want to do fine. that? You no, can. it's fine. She'll There's come. Room. No, it's all right. She knows knows where I am. Let <laughs> me know. Mum won't mind. She's making melting moments. Oh, so. oh, oh that's oh, sealed the deal. <laughs> it's done now. There. There'll be room. There'll be dogs everywhere, chicks oh. everywhere. All right, guys. Awesome. You all heard that invitation. They, they can't You're not complain welcome. about it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will keep you posted on the nuptials as they mm. go, but I'm not going to tell you where it's on because we no. don't want any crashes. So we're going to head off to a song now. Um, but oh. thanks, Isaac and Claire. We'll talk to you thanks, soon. Thanks, guys. Thank Love you. Bye. Go for a bit of Bon Jovi, Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh, oh, yeah. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back to Spooky Sundays, now only with myself, Anne and Renata. Wasn't that a hoot? (laughs) (laughs) That was so much fun. And now we can finally get to everyone's questions and comments that you've been sending through. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine the First, who said that we look beautiful tonight like spring has sprung. That would be me sitting here in my beautiful floral shirt. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We have a message here saying from Becca, absolutely love Claire and Isaac and Anne and Renata. So excited for tonight's Spooky Sundays. Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hello, awesome ladies. It's Tammy. During your many years investigating, have you ever encountered a demonic case and how how did you deal with it? If so, good question. Yes, very good question. <clears throat> and the answer to that would be not really. No. No. Uh, because I think there are some people that will term demonic for just about anything. There are some religious beliefs that any sort of ghost or spirit is a demon. That's if, true. Even if it was a good spirit, if it was grandma that's true. Who's, who's looking after you, they would still say that's a demon. Um, have we had negative energies? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had angry energies. Yeah, angry, annoyed, sad, mm-hmm. um, confused. Uh, all the human emotions, really, mm-hmm. um, but not any think I would regard as demonic because if it was demonic like for me truly demonic I would imagine I would soil myself and run for my life I would actually (laughs) run (laughs) yes it would be very difficult to try and face that and um, be in the moment and consider what needs to be done Um, we are always very careful of uh, what the situation is uh, with regard to the family or whoever is calling us in so we take all of our private cases very very seriously and uh, we do a lot of pre-talk 
so that we know uh, what we are getting ourselves into. So, so lots of chat, lots of talk before we try and even pull out any of the gadgets and try and do some yeah. investigating. We very rarely use gadgets at a private investigation. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would use it for is to do an EMF sweep to make sure that there was no high EMF fields in where they were living that cause could cause issues for the family. Mm. Um, and Daniela said that she wishes Claire and Isaac abundance and joy enough for their lives together um, and she wants them to come up to Copeland and do an investigation there and I agree um, we need to get them there uh, they wanted to know Isaac's scariest moment um, uh, sorry <laughs> we didn't get a chance to get to that one um, Lisa was commenting being possessed by a made up spirit is a big blow to his credibility how embarrassing it was when we were talking about Derek Cora. yeah that's that was a really sad thing yeah um, I don't know whether it would have been appropriate actually to do that um, in a program and yeah. set someone up like that. So publicly, yeah. I think that would have been better handled a different way. Yeah, um, yeah it's the random guy from the street again. That's right, <laughs> said Jodie. Uh, Deborah Ann said, checked out the trailer. Yikes, she is deaf mute. Um, we've got another message here from Sasha saying, Hi, Anna Renata. Hi, Claire. Just wondering if you've ever been spooked during an investigation. If so, by what? Sorry, didn't get to that one either. I think I, I do have to tell you, I had a, an incident on Friday night at the jail, which I kind of went oh, back to the... Right? I went back to the, um, the rest of the group and went, Guys... Um, Wing B wing is going off, yeah. And uh, I ran in and started to unlock everything uh, while the volunteers were setting up. And I went into B wing, and B wing is the, the largest wing at Maitland Jail. And uh, it was very, very dark in there. And I put my hand up to where I thought the light was to turn the light on, um, and I mistakenly was in the wrong spot. And so I turned my back to the door, and that's when the door really banged. And I went, oh, come on, guys, settle down. Stop doing this. You know that I get scared in the dark by by dark by noises and um then i opened the door to the wing walked in i said hello guys and went to the other door to open up um the upstairs so that people can go upstairs in this particular wing and as i was doing that under my hair uh, my chain on my necklace was moving yeah. up and down and it just sent a whole chill down my spine. I've got chills. And I went, stop that. That is freaking me out. That's not fair. And I walked out of there and I, I went back to the guys and I said, guys, B-Wing is going off. Oh, yes. You were rattled by that. I remember I seeing you. No, we need to get onto our song because we are going to head into the news shortly. But apparently um, the broadcast is being interfered with with the nasty weather out there. So don't worry, guys. It will be available as a podcast. Uh, you just have to search for Spooky Sundays. And while you're searching for Spooky Sundays, don't forget to sh- search for True Hauntings. But right now, Renata and I are going to have a little bit of fun and, and we'll race, race off to the toilet very quickly while we've got a couple of minutes break. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's just after nine o'clock and you're here listening to Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays here at Newcastle Live Radio. And thank you to all those people who have texted in this evening. That's been an absolute delight. And I do notice we've got some questions here. So, uh, Renata, shall we do your story and then we'll have a look at the questions? Yep. And uh, if we we need uh, more, I have another story to go to as well. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's go with the flow. Okay. Well, I wanted to do uh, a story about um, a bride, a ghost bride, just to follow the theme of this evening. And here it is. After a lavish wedding in a stately mansion, members of the wedding party play a game of hide-and-seek. It isn't long before everyone is found, everyone that is except the bride. This urban legend is also known as the lost bride, bride and go seek. The mistletoe bow, the mistletoe bride and the bride in the oak chest, the bride in the trunk, Geez, so many different urban legends based on this story. As the story goes, a young woman was about to get married and she decided she wanted to hold the wedding in the backyard of the large farmhouse where she grew up. It was a beautiful wedding and everything went perfectly. So this is where this urban legend comes from. Afterwards, the guests played some party games and someone suggested hide-and-go-seek so they could get the children to play too. It wouldn't be hard to find a place to hide around the house. The bride wanted to make sure that she won the game and when no one was looking, she slipped inside the house. She ran up to the attic, found an old trunk and hid in it when no one could find her. Her new husband wasn't worried though. He figured that she must have gotten tired and went inside to rest. And so oh, everyone, she's gone to have a nana nap on a wedding day. Everyone went home. However, when the groom looked around the house, he couldn't find her anywhere. He and her parents filed a missing persons case, but she was never found. A few years later, when her mother died, the woman's father went to go through his late wife's things that were collecting dust in the attic, and he came to an old chest. The lid was closed and the old lock was rusted over. When he opened the lid, he was literally terrified to see his daughter's decaying body. When she hid there, the lid closed and the rusty parts of the lock had latched together, trapping her there until that moment. I reckon that the husband and everybody else suck at looking for people. Mm. Wow. Now, according to another version of the same story, back in 1975, a young couple, both 18, decided to get married right after high school. The father of the bride lived in Palm Beach in a mansion and was able to afford a big wedding for them. Thus, they got married and the wedding was perfect. After the wedding, they had a big reception in an old building and everyone got pretty drunk. When there were only about 20 people left, the groom decided that they should play hide and seek. This is obviously a no-no. And the groom was it. After about 20 minutes, everyone had been found except the bride. Everyone looked everywhere and tore the whole place apart looking for her. As a result, after a few hours, the groom was furious, thinking the bride was playing a terrible trick and eventually... Everyone went home. A few weeks later, the groom, having placed a missing persons report, gave up looking for her and broken-hearted, he tried to go on with his life. Three years later, a little old woman was cleaning the place. She happened to be in the attic, saw an old trunk. She dusted it off and out of curiosity opened it. She screamed and ran out of the building, calling the police. 
Apparently the bride had decided to hide in it for the game of hide and seek. When she sat down, the lid fell, knocking her unconscious and locked her inside. She suffocated after a day or so. And when the woman found her, she was rotting, her mouth in the shape of a scream. Now, there are several other versions of this story. They are more or less very similar. And we find this in many cases around the world where similar haunted stories seem to appear. Yes, it's almost like the Victorian, uh, you always see somebody in a Victorian night dress or a Victorian dress or there's a shadow man with a hat and they, they get all these similar stories. Mm, absolutely. So this story abounds all over England and in different places and they seem to have eventuated firstly around the early 1800s and they have just multiplied mm. and Every village seems to have a similar story. Now, the thing that kind of helps this along is that stories and poetry have been written about the bride in the attic or the bride in in the case or whatever it is. Uh, And so it gets perpetuated and, of course, things get added to it and so the story grows. But this becomes like an urban legend. And then this crosses the oceans and goes to America and Mm -hmm. to Australia and to all of these other places. So it's very... Very, very interesting. And um, this actually comes from uh, randomtimes.com, which is where I first picked up on the story. But I just find it very interesting that um, you can then look at all the connections from all the different places around the world where the same story exists. And, I mean, there has been very sad cases of children who have gone and hidden in uh, old freezers and fridges. And because uh, it seals with a vacuum, they can't get... It back open. It get it back open again yeah. and they, they can't find them and then they, they'd suffocate in there. It happened fairly recently, I think, that there was three of them that climbed in there and the latch fell shut and they got stuck in there and they suffocated. It's oh just horrifying. Gosh. Yeah. Anyway, we've got some, um, I've got a question here and I just had it and I've just lost it. Typical, isn't it? Um, Question for later. Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) Uh, uh, Hi, Anna Renata. This is mainly for Renata being a psychic medium. I don't know if you will be able to feel anything or sense anything, but tonight while listening to the radio, it's got me thinking yet again. My name's Emma and I'm currently in early stages of being pregnant. I'm very anxious person and in general with everything having to mean something or me thinking this has to be a sign from X. I've had some complications during this pregnancy so far, possible miscarriage awaiting results tomorrow and what's going on. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, my darling. But deep down, a part of me is sensing this baby is sent by my great pop and great grandma in heaven. Backstory, I'm born on my pop's, a great pop's birthday. He passed away on the 15th of February 2007, and this baby is due on the 17th of February 2022. My great grandma passed away last year, 12th of July, two days before my daughter's first birthday, it was the 14th of July. Basically, my question is Are you able to sense anything from my great grandparents? As since finding out I'm pregnant for the second time, I'm just sensing someone's watching me all the time. Oh, my darling. Well, first of all, I hope that the results tomorrow are 
uh, going to be perfectly fine for you and that everything is wonderful. I know that when such huge changes happen to us, um, and women will know uh, when you're pregnant, um, all you can really think about is for uh, your baby and yourself to come through this healthy and well. And it makes you very hypersensitive. And a lot of women become very, very psychic once they become pregnant, especially when the child arrives, because it is you become so super sensitive and you have this deep connection with the baby that you carried for so long um, that you tend to awaken just a few minutes before the baby awakes to be fed and uh, you kind of know if there's something wrong um, before something you know alerts you uh, like the cry of your child Uh, so you can get a little bit oversensitive and you can kind of make things a little bit more than they really are and baby feels it remember that you two are deeply connected so your baby will feel all of the anxiety you are feeling So try and be as calm and as uh, happy as you can possibly be. And I know if you had uh, a deep love and feeling of connection with your grandpa and your grandma, they are looking after this baby and they are making sure that you are well as as well throughout all of this. So I am sure you have someone looking over over your shoulder right now, not in a creepy way, but in an absolutely loving way. They are your guardian angels at the moment. And, they um, and thank you for messaging in. It was a first time uh, messenger, so thank you so much. And I hope everything goes well for you tomorrow. Um, and a big shout out there to M and Jazz uh, and Ripley, where they've sent me a photo of uh, Jazz with Ripley on her head. Oh. Ripley is a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and hi to Eric and Natasha as well. How are you doing, guys? Did I send you the coffee mug with your T-shirts? I have a vague feeling I forgot to send you your prize uh please let me know <laughs> um and a shout out to robert as well he was enjoying the story and sheena the vacuum cleaner <laughs> <laughs> now before you go on we're going to go to a song oh yes and, uh, and we will be back after this spooky sundays may have sent the spirits your way but remember consult a human professional before making that life-changing decision <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, And uh, how's the weather where you are? We're supposed to be getting this huge storm cell coming over. And we're just sitting here in the studio uh, in our little bubble. Because this is a soundproof room, so we can't hear a thing. Not really knowing what it's like outside. So let us know if you're all safe. The number is 04... Nine zero eight four triple eight six. Let us know where you are from and what's happening around you right now. Yeah, because the, Isaac and Claire did have to go home earlier. They are house sitting at the moment uh, for uh, I think Claire's mum, and they're looking after several greyhounds. Uh, we did have a message come through. I've just got to see where that is. Um, oh yes, they, with the coffee mug did go through, so that's all good. Um, but we did. Did have a shout out from Dazza who wanted to congratulate Roman and I on being together for 40 years. Mm-hmm. So on the 19th of June, when I was only two years old, <laughs> I, I went to a Polish ball. Mm-hmm. And it was the Midsummer's Ball, if I remember correctly, because you were, um, well, it was in our winter, but they called it the Midsummer Ball because mm-hmm. it was in the middle of June, which in Poland would be Midsummer. Mm-hmm. And, um, my friend Lucy took me and 
there was this young man sitting there and I had the poops with somebody who I was meant to have gone with that night and he he had just broken up with someone so he said come sit on my knee and I went you know what I'm going to because I was such a shy little girl at two (laughs) (laughs) oh no it makes him sound like a pedo it does um and I I that was it yeah I was very young and um toddler bride <laughs> no I was 16 so I was 16 when I met him and uh, we got married five years later well, um, I think I was 21 or 22 at the time and uh, we've been married for 35 years this year mm. wow but uh, so I met him 40 years ago we forgot <laughs> we didn't even know it was the date but I have a story for you this evening. Now, this actually comes from one of our listeners. So, this is a shout out to Ricky, uh, and he is uh, from Louisiana. Uh, so, I'm loving that we're getting these messages and stories from all around the world. And he said, Hello, ladies, I discovered you two via Isaac. Is interested in what we do, and they asked about some resources and things. But then he asked, does the name Moonbite have any significance to either of you? Now, I did ask Renata, and mm-hmm. she said no. And I said, no, it doesn't mean anything to me either. Um, he said, when I was two, we lived on the bayou in northern Louisiana. My mum believed it was an Indian burial ground. We got, we're ticking all the boxes here. Yep. And I know how you feel when folks say that, and he had a laugh at that. However, there are many, many mounds in the area, most protected. Good, thankfully. I would occasionally walk to the base of the stairs, point to the top and say, Mama, moonbite. And we'd have some major poltergeist activity afterwards. Diapers would float through the air, right? Mm -hmm. I hope they weren't poopy ones. (laughs) I would not be happy if they were poopy ones. Uh, Not tossed, right? So they were just floating. Toys would sing on their own. Lights going on and off. Cabinets slamming. While cooking, there were several instances of spices that were at that were right at hand, seemingly disappearing in an instant. My dad once ripped the house apart looking for them, and nothing. And they were never returned either. Scratch marks like a screwdriver was used around the doorknobs of our home, but trying to leave from the house, not trying to get in. The sound of shattering glass at an almost thunderous level and nothing broken. Dark apparitions inside windows. So much and probably more I can't recall at the moment. I dipped my toes into some fey stories learning about my heritage and was a bit startled at some of the similarities. Mm. I would absolutely love to hear your opinions. My grandfather took the house and died several years ago now, after which my parents moved back in. My mother still hints at very slight happenings. All I can recall at the moment is a giant black dog she swears was more wolf than dog. She sometimes catches and it seems to disappear too easily for something of its size. Now, I was wondering when he says, must be captured, catches out of the corner of her eye or something. They don't think she yeah. actually catches yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also have lots of cats, probably 15, uh, uh, after Australia decided to stay, and they've all been picked off. Uh, 
which happens, of course, but there is no noise indicating conflict, remains, or even droppings of blood. Just really nervous cats. <laughs> oh, oh, um, when staying with them a few times, I could almost feel like something may have been around, but did not attempt to communicate. Do you think it would be worth trying and communicating, or should I simply let it rest? If you read all of this, thanks both of you so much. Mm. Oh, thank you, Ricky. That's a great story. Yeah. And we're not familiar with the the um, stories of that area, yep. the cultural stories. And I would uh, – it's it's like us trying to deal with uh, Indigenous spirits here. We wouldn't even attempt to do it unless we had someone who was of that um, Indigenous uh, – Heritage yeah. to try and sort of weave their way around what is going on because we have no idea and and for us to kind of you know waltz in and pretend that um, we can sort this out is is a bit disrespectful. Yeah. So I I would definitely say to him that he should look at uh, contacting someone um, who may know the history or, or be associated with the land where that house is on mm. and. Take them in with himself or outside of the house, whatever, and see what they say. Yeah. Because they will um, be able to tap in straight away to what's going on. And look at the legends of your uh, the tribes that would have been in that area. Generally, you can find books on the stories and legends of the tribe. Mm. Well, when I was watching um, uh, Bella and whatever it was on Twilight, they had books about their tribe. Um, so uh, you could do that, or maybe there's a website where you can look up some of that information. Um, but I also noticed that you said the Fae. So you were talking about your heritage and you mentioned the Fae. Mm-hmm. Now, t- that to me is Ireland. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, but, you've got... Yeah, but they may be also referring to the Fae in that um, the the um, earth, spirits yeah, earth spirits of, of the land yeah. Yeah, that he's now on. Mm. Yeah, so really interesting things going on. I don't think I would try communication until you had more information mm. because it's a bit like Pandora's box. Yeah, you you don't, don't, know, know, yeah. don't know what you're dealing with. Yeah, so you might yeah. open that box and then you can't put the sucker back in. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You've got to... You've got to know the key to all of this, and the best thing to do is to contact someone of um, the background um, of that that site, that place. Oh, good God. We've just had some pussy photos sent through. <laughs> That's a lovely black and white one. Oh, oh fluffy pussy cat. <laughs> it's MJ. Hello, MJ. They're watching us on the big screen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and look, that goes for anyone here in Australia. If you are if you feel that you're dealing with something that might be um, earth-based um, and very ancient and old, try and connect with um, the uh, Indigenous elders uh, around where you live. Contact them and talk to them. They will be very open um, to you voicing uh, any worries and issues because they take this stuff very, very seriously. Um, and we wouldn't want to disrespect any of um, you know the, the souls and the energies that are of the earth around here. And a little shout out to Maxine and Barb as well. They've just 
pop some messages through. Um, but we do have a special guest coming on mm-hmm. after this next song, don't yes, we? Yes, yes, we have our beautiful Christy from Christy's Magical, Magical G Moments. Spot. <laughs> Magical Moments. G Spot coming oh. up very soon. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back, everyone. And, of course, you know after 9.30 what that special time of the evening is. It's time for Christy's Magical G-Spot. Let Anne and Renata go crazy and laugh uncontrollably. We'll try We'll try and behave tonight. We'll try yeah, and behave. I'm a little tired tonight. No. <laughs> hey, Christy, this how... This is delirious. <laughs> how is it out at Morpeth at the moment? It's raining. Yeah. And I'm wondering how I'm, which exit I'm going to take to try and leave here to go to work tomorrow or if I'm actually going to work tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe yeah. you nearly had a car accident today. Um, yes, yes, a car nearly um, smashed into me by driving up my butt in torrential rain while I was going 60 kilometres in a 60-kilometre hour, mm. of 60-kilometre zone. And um, there was a massive, big um, pool of water over the road and I slowed down, and he decided to accelerate and undertook me, so going into the shoulder. Oh, my and, Lord. And um, whole big wave of water went up over my car. Oh, dear. And, um, yes, I, I spoke to him in quite colourful language. And <laughs> I bet you did. And everyone that's out there on the roads, just take it easy. There yeah. is nothing that's worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Or, or killing someone else. Or killing someone else, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, what is your but, topic of the evening? Well, since nuptials are in the air with Claire and Ozark, mm-hmm. I thought I would talk about some wedding traditions from all around the world. Oh, awesome. Oh, we love, love these. Love <laughs> yes. So, obviously, we want, you know, everyone wishes abundance and happiness and all of those things on the bride and groom. Um, So, in South Korea, a beautiful tradition following the wedding ceremony is before the groom leaves with his new bride, um, his friends hold him down, bind his ankles and beat his feet with dried fish. What? What? During this process, the groom is asked, questioned and quizzed, and um, the beating of the feet is meant as a test of the newly wedded husband's strength and character. Right. It sounds like something out of Monty Python. I know. Really. <laughs> or the, <laughs> or, or the taco <laughs> slapping thing. Yes. Oh. yes, or a faulty towers moment. Yes, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, in Kenya... Kenya, there's a beautiful tribe of people, um, and it's customary for the father of the bride to spit on his daughter's head and breast before she leaves with her new husband. Oh, lovely. Oh, no. Very nice. No. And that's just cool, you know. So, in this culture, spitting is a symbol of good luck and fortune, and they also spit into their palms before shaking everybody's head. (laughs) What's the noise you make, Renata? You can also spit on the newborn baby's head to ward off bad luck as well. Mm. Beautiful. Let's pass that COVID round. (laughs) Look, Scotland. Now, Scotland, instead of your your stag and hench traditions, um, they've probably taken a little bit too far. Um, So they grab the bride and groom before their wedding 
and they cover them in a mixture of treacle, soot, feathers, and flour oh. before noisily parading them through the streets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sounds like a lamington. Apparently, that's carried out to ward off evil spirits, but I would think my friends doing that were the evil spirits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. India, beautiful custom where a woman should marry a tree first. Oh, I think that's a good idea. I could do that. Mm-hmm. I'd happily yep. do yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, they're so marrying the tree first. So, what's the um, idea of that? Well, it's believed that if you're under a curse by marrying the tree first, then all of that curse will um, be broken by the tree. Uh-huh. Or, or you're um, getting married to the tree, so therefore the tree gets the curse. Whatever That's curse right. on marriage was going to be taken by the tree. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. German weddings. Well, oh, that, that, oh, that'll that, be fun. Smash all the plates. Oh, smash the plates. Smash the plate. I thought that was I'll Greek. Love to do that. I would love to do that. Well, I but couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would be such a waste. I, I'd be re- very upset. There is a, there is a um, one of those places that you can go to, um, one of those rooms, you know, where they, they put you in and you can smash plates. Oh, okay. You yeah. do it in your own kitchen. You get a, <laughs> yeah. a set Kmart for $7 and go for your life. Yeah, there you go. True. Then you've got to clean yeah. it up again. That's not good. Yeah. But with this, the couple actually are required to clean it up to demonstrate that they can work together and overcome any challenges. I'll stuff that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. China, again, um, there's another beautiful tradition where the bride has a crying ritual. So for 30 days, she's supposed to cry before her wedding. (laughs) Get it all out. Now, I have to say that um, I was kind of reading some things uh, to prepare for tonight and I read about a a really interesting um, tradition in China where there are some provinces where they actually uh, marry dead people to each other. Uh Yes. Yes. But they're both dead, so yes. that's, that could be against their will. No, but it's, it's no. again, to drive away the curses of not being married oh. and for ghosts not to be lonely. Oh, because Jody's, ghosts can be lonely as well. Jody, is that true? Jody said the yes, smash room is at the Colburn. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, they're you just broke up. Scottish women, Scottish women marry them. Oh. Ghost pirates. Ghost oh, pirates, yes, the yes. guys' pirates, yes, yes. Sorry, you just broke up a little bit yeah. there. The, the, the line's not that great tonight. It's sort of peaking a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, in France, a be- I think this was the best one. So following the wedding reception, the guests gather up all leftover food and drink, and it says they place it in a chamber pot, but I have read that they've placed them in a toilet. And the newlyweds need to eat and drink it all before they go to their wedding night. No. Oh. No. What's terrible? What? The, yeah. What's the point of that? Is there a oh. point to that? <laughs> it supposedly gives them energy for the wedding night. <laughs> oh, you made that bit up. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it says the 
Oh, my gosh. Supposedly to give them energy for their wedding night. Thankfully, when the true tradition is observed nowadays, the bride and groom are usually served a slightly more appealing concoction of oh. chocolate and champagne. Yeah. Oh, well, that's better. But I did see someone selling a stainless steel toilet on Marketplace for, like, 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no. You could serve an but ice cream or two in that. Oh, no. <laughs> now we've got Dazza said this is not Dazza the demon by the way this is uh, the regular Dazza the German thing is called Polterabend I'd do it like an Italian yeah. Polterbend which if you think of poltergeist as noisy ghosts mm-hmm. so the smashing the plates, plates I suppose is noisy where they smash porcelain the night before the wedding okay alright yep. here we go there you go so Isaac and Claire if you're listening You've got your list set out in front of you. There's some certain things, traditions that you'll need to do. Mm-hmm. Now, did you look up um, the Polish one? I don't the think there is one. one. There is a Polish is one. Is there? There is. Now, Renata is Polish and has a Polish husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I married... Do I what this is? Sorry? Do I even want to know what this is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not rude. It's okay. Uh, and I married a Polish man. And I thought, well, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up what is the tradition because I wanted to include the fact that I was marrying into a Polish family and wanted to include that in the wedding. And I had uh, his nieces and nephews all dressed up in the traditional Polish costumes that they had for dancing in. Uh, yeah. And um, then I you looked up... sacred bush with ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a photo of um, the the three the three kids in a, a, a next to a lamp post and lamp post and we called it the four poles because there's there's a lamp post and three kids anyway. Um, so what it is is the bride has to sew her own wedding dress. Oh, stuff that. Yeah, stuff that. Mm. Oh, it, yeah, no, yes. no. Yes. Why couldn't it be like my f- Macedonian friends where they have to stuff money in the bride's yes, shoe? Yes. Money yes. To the dresses. Yeah. Yes. Why not make your own freaking dress? Yes, they walk <laughs> around and they just throw and money they, at they, them. They say, then the, the best, the groom's got to go, that's not enough to the best man, put more in. And they've got to say that a couple of times. They get a couple of thousand stuffed into their freaking shoe. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know. All pins to their dress. Yeah. Yes. Dress. Oh, married into the wrong bloody oh. family. Oh. <laughs> but, but 40 years later, we're still happy. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Christy, for being once again enlightening when it comes to all things superstitious, spelly, and um, yeah, witchy, and yeah. all of that sort of G-spotty. stuff. Hit your G spot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Now, we hope that you can get out of your house um, tomorrow and um, that everyone who is listening to the show uh, actually survives the, the evening because it's getting a bit toey everywhere. So yeah. look after yourself, Christy. Um, and um, drive safe, everyone. Yes. Yeah, and be calm on the roads. Take a little bit of extra time. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a jar. Yeah. yeah. That's mm. not good. <laughs> yeah, Vegemite jar. Hmm. Okay, thank you, my sweet. Have good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. And welcome back to the Spooky Sunday Show the with last your segment. hosts, Anne and Renata, for the last segment of the evening.
Yeah. And um, we, we actually don't have a song loaded to go to um, the next break. So we have a little bit more time than usual. And it just so happens that I happen to have an extra story tucked up my sleeve. Excellent. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. It's about a murderous innkeeper. Now, we all know about uh, the, um, I was going to say the three cocks. It's not the three cocks. <laughs> what is it? The ostrich inn. The, uh, the Sweeney Todd. Story. Yes, the Sweeney Todd story. Well, Sweeney Todd was meant to be in London, but then there was the other similar story, which mm-hmm. was the Ostrich Inn. And if you want to know more about that, listen to our True Hauntings podcast. That's uh, got a lot to say about that one. Yes. But let me tell you a story from Hungary. Uh, this is the innkeeper Lazio, I always say it like it's Italian, Kronberg and his wife Susie. They faced a bleak future in the little Hungarian town of Tisakert. Sounds like I sneezed. It was 1919 and the couple had spent their savings trying to keep the inn going throughout the Great War. Now they had hardly enough to buy food. There were other tragedies. Their only daughter had run away to Budapest where she was said to be a prostitute. Their eldest son, Nicholas, had also run away, fleeing the house at the age of nine after Lazio whipped him for failing at school. Their two sons had died in the war. Night after night, the old couple would sit and discuss the hopeless years ahead. At last, they came to the grim decision that there was only one hope, murder for profit. Carefully, they prepared for the killings. Lazio dug a long trench six feet deep in the woods. He filled it with quicklime prepared to tell anyone who asked that he was planning to build a new outhouse. From the village store, Susie brought home a small brown sack filled with strychnine crystals. She told the storekeeper they were going to use it to poison the wolves. Between 1919 and 1921, 10 people breathed their last in the Kronberg Inn. Mm. In all cases, there had been good wine and dinner and even more remarkable vintage afterwards, heavily laced with strychnine. The couple grew more cautious as their stolen wealth increased. There must be only one more victim and the quicklime pit would be sealed forever. He came on the 14th of August, lucky bugger, (laughs) in 1922, a genial fat man in his mid-thirties with a suitcase so heavy that it must surely contain gold coins. He had been a salesman for years and was now looking for good land in which to invest his money. When Susie cooked the evening meal, the guest talked about his travels and was so friendly that the Kronbergs were actually reluctant to kill him. But it had to be done. And at last, Susie brought in the special wine. Their fat guest died as he drained the glass, convulsing his lips curled back from his teeth in the final spasms of poisoning. In 
the bedroom of the man, they searched his bag and saw at once that they had been right. There was a fortune in gold coins. His hands shaking, Lazio poured through the dead man's clothes and saw something else. A snapshot of the Kronbergs themselves. The couple looked at each other with dawning horror Uh and grief. Uh Uh-oh. They had murdered their long-lost son. Oh, no. They left the gold and went back to the dining room where Nicholas, their son, was slouched dead at the table. They wrote a short confession and then sat down with him. Three days later, the villagers found them all dead from strychnine poisoning. During the years that followed, very few ventured inside that house. Those daring to stay two or three nights with a view to buying the place were always frightened off by the same grisly apparition. The sight of 13 ghostly figures from the 1920s seated around the dining table. Each had its lips peeled back in a ghastly strychnine grin. Another world war came and went. The house became dilapidated. But still, no one would spend a night inside or even near it. Then, on September 23, 1980, flames licking at the evening sky told the village that an arsonist had been at work. The old inn was reduced to ashes. No one tried to find the culprit. No one cared. Tissicot was at last free of its house of horrors. What that, a story. Isn't that great? And that came from um, a website called R-A-I-V-E-R-I-S, Raverous, by the host 4com Wow. It was a great little story. Yeah, Robert says, what a homecoming. Yes. How terrible. Talking about karma. Mm. Mm, I and I believe this is a true story. Yeah, how terrible! Mm. Does it? But how much does it sound like the uh, the other ones where they talked about the fat pig and the ostrich inn? Yes, we've got a fat pig in the sty tonight. Yes, ready yes. for ready to be killed. Yes, uh, and of course the the people in the inn would think that it was. Yeah, yeah a literal in. pig. Yes. But that was actually referring to Them. the guests. <gasps> so we're going to leave you with that spooky thought tonight. Maybe you will dream the next chapter of that story. And you can let us know if you do have an interesting dream tonight yeah, about now, all of these stories. Do we have anything coming up of interest this week? I don't even know what we're doing. I sort of survived getting through this week and then I'm like, oh, I'll look at next week. I know I'm babysitting I, I, my grandchildren tomorrow and I'm terrified. Have, I think we have two Maitland Jails on the weekend. Oh, we do too. Mm, we've we got have a got, private Maitland Jail yeah. and then a public Maitland Jail. And look, guys, don't forget that also you can catch us 
um, this becomes a podcast, so you can listen back to all however many episodes I, there are. We're almost coming up to our one-year anniversary, and um, there's also True Hauntings, which is up to like 70-something episodes, mm-hmm. I think. 76. I yeah, think. and uh, also catch us on YouTube, and you can watch our shenanigans on there. Uh, and we always try to do a bit of a live cross just from some of our haunted locations. And we had a great one on um, Saturday night at Wollombi, and you can find on that on the Anna Renata Frightfully Good page where we did a spirit box session and we spoke to Elvis. <laughs> we did. Elvis was in the building. <laughs> we know where Elvis has gone. He went to Wollombi. <laughs> and Renata said, hello, Elvis. And what did they say back to you? Something like, oh, yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. Or something like that. It was like something Elvis would say. Oh it was really God. bizarre. Yeah, it was. We but, just have so much yeah, fun. Yeah, but you can watch that. What little session there? It was, it was a hoot. Anyway, yeah. we probably need to go. Yes, we do. The, um, the uh, news is coming up. Remember, we don't have a song, um, so it's going to go straight to a few ads and the news. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you for all of your feedback and your messages. I think next week we're going to we're going to ask people to actually send in pictures of themselves. Oh, please, um, with clothes on. <laughs> Just saying. Just listening to it. <laughs> Well, think about that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we should think that through. Yes, yes. Mm. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Well, good night, everyone. Stay safe. um, Anne and I, uh, we wish you all the best for the week coming up. Remember, we'll see you on the dark side. And stay spooky. Bye, guys. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.